Welcome to the What's Your Weird Story podcast. Everyone has at least one good story. And some of us have stories that are just to the left of normal. We're interested in the ones that push the boundaries of what we can perceive. Stories that defy explanations. Stories with an air of mystery. Stories we might not share. For fear of being thought of differently. But don't worry. We're all friends here. So, what's What's your weird story? story? Hello, Weirdsville. How is everyone doing? It is time once again for the What's Your Weird Story podcast. Your weekly podcast of the strange, unusual, bizarre, wild, humorous, paranormal, supernatural, uh, superfluous, uh, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, true stories, weird stories by the people who have lived them, experienced them in their lives. And uh, it's me, Adam Beebe, one of your bright and shining hosts. And the other one, who's even more brighter and shinier, is uh, Mr. Barry Johnston. Hello, Barry. How are you? I'm very well, sir. Thank you. Um, that actually sounded like you described your day in that uh that opening segment there. Oh yeah. Supercalifragilistic. Expialidocious. Absolutocious, man. <laughs> it's been a rough one. Been a rough yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, a weird I, one. A weird one. Yeah, it was a weird one. Yeah. I went and uh I was uh I went in to pick up my my dinner. Like I called in at uh, one of my favorite What'd you get? Uh well, I got. Uh, I went to my favorite local uh, Mexican place, La Mexicana, ah, ah, okay. in Newport, in uh, Kentucky, just across the river. Is that um, is that one of the spots? Is like that? Is it that good? Is it where does it where does it rank on your scale of uh, El Charo level? No, oh, it's 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 a two. It's, it's, a two. it's number. It's probably number two. Oh, number two. It's, okay. It's, yeah, yeah. It's up yeah. there. I mean, it's yeah, up, yeah, yeah. it's way up there. It's up there with El Charo. Okay, nice. nice. Um, it does a. It's in the book without having El Charo, it is uh, still uh, the next best thing, as it yeah, were. Uh, yeah, yeah, and and that's and I'm not trying to take away from La Mexicana at all. I love it. It's fantastic, and I always tell people um, that that's the place to go eat, and I always take people there to go eat when they come and visit so if nice. uh so that's 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 where i was and i was uh just doodly do walking out to my car and i see some uh, some youths um some you know young people yep you know probably like 20s or so um on the sidewalk and they're all like you know buzzing around or whatever and i'm walking to my car which is parked there on the on the uh, curb and they're like, "Hey, is that your car?" I'm like, "Yeah." They're like, "Oh man, uh, some some woman just hit and ran you, and she's we got pictures and she's down there." And I'm like, "What?" Wow. You know. And wow. so I looked at my car and I could see, yeah, okay, it'd been hit, you know, but it looked like it didn't do a whole hell of a lot of damage. Uh, but yeah, I got hit, and um, so. Um, they were like, hey, she's just down there at the end of the road. Um, if you want to go and get her and, uh, you know, or whatever. And I'm like, well, I mean, you know, I was like, 
do you, I can, you know, one of you come with me or follow, go with me down there. They're like, yeah. So they go and hop in their car. We drive down to where their this woman's car should have been, but it wasn't. Uh-huh. And so we drove around trying to find it um, because she couldn't have gotten far because her car was a little like a, a Ford Focus or something. Okay, and it she hit my driver's side rear. Uh, corner bumper. Okay. And with her passenger side front and it like messed her car up and they had gotten a picture and maybe a video, but they got a picture of it. And, uh, was she, was she, was was she pulling into a space or how did that happen? She was turning off one road onto another. Okay. And it was a one-way road, so there's cars on both sides, okay. and it's a down, like downtown area I gotcha. so she's, kind of thing. Yeah, so she hit you. She hit so you. she hit yeah. me wow. and then went on. And so okay. uh, we didn't find her. I got um, the, uh, the, uh, the one of the photographs that one of the kids took, and uh, her car, I saw the damage to it. She also had a back window that was all broken out. Yeah. That, to me, is not a great sign as far as any kind of, you know, them having coverage or insurance or anything. But Does she rub paint off? Is there paint on your car? Does she, does no. She, does she didn't leave behind any paint of her car? Not that I could tell. No, no. Not that I could tell. But it did mess up my back, uh, one of my back wheels, so that it's yeah. slightly inclined in. Mm-hmm. So, so that's going to be something. So I got to get that taken a look at. But, yeah. but anyway, yeah. So, you know. Um, Hopefully she just bent the hub. Do you know what I'm saying? For the wheel. Like it's not, 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 that's not a big deal. You could replace that fairly, fairly easy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Get a new, get a new, uh, get a new rim. You'll be okay. But yeah. Hopefully yeah. it's something easy. That and- sucks, man. That, uh, <laughs> I felt, I felt if, unless you've been in a hit and run, then you don't know how that feels, but it just the biggest like slap in the face. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like somebody trying to take advantage of the fact that like, you know, the world has changed a lot from when we were kids. Like we were taught, like if we have an accident, we do something, you're, you know, you're supposed to leave a note on somebody's windshield, but that takes character, you know? Yeah. That takes, uh, well, that takes personal that accountability, accountability. Man. Yes. And, uh, and humanity. Um, that's the hardest thing to do is to do the right thing in those kinds of situations. And people just don't do it. Nope. People don't do it. But, uh, I'm glad you're okay, man. I'm glad you weren't there and in the car yeah. or, or it was worse. You know, it could have been worse. Yeah. Yeah. I would have been, even if I was in the car, I would have been fine from the where they hit, but still it just kind of sucks. So yeah. anyway, um, you know, sorry, not to be a bummer, but that's, you it's were just asking. Been a hectic that's, day. That's just been a, it's been a weird, me. hectic day. It's just, just been yeah, one so. of those days, one of those yeah. days, but man, we've got a weird, weird story part number two and we're like super excited about it because we have scott back on from last week and uh we're gonna get we're gonna learn something in this that's right yeah we're getting down into the technical side we're really gonna dive deep into his uh his program his app his project the bigfoot mapping project where he's going to talk to tell us about how it came about and all these things that he's taken from using his background uh, in um, is it GSI, GSI? I think that's the yeah the mapping. Uh, yeah, the geographical mapping. Yeah, 
I think it's geographical science information or something like that. Anyway, it's above. Uh, it's above our pay grade. It's above <laughs> our pay grade, and um, how he has put that together and made this really cool app and program and website uh, for the Bigfoot Mapping Project. So, Scott, it's great having you back once again. Tell us more. What is your weird story? Uh, so I, I guess I was going to jump into a little bit of a, uh, spiel about the Bigfoot mapping project and yeah. kind of what I created and, uh, what's going on with the website and how to use it. And a little bit about, um, the analysis we get to do with all the data that gets submitted. So, uh, I think I covered a little bit of what inspired me to do the Bigfoot mapping project. Um, basically I, I, I have a degree in GIS, which is Geographic Information Systems, and uh, I had a lot of field experience with geophysical exploration, being out in really, really sparse areas where there's a lot of stories. And um, along the same time, I would watch Finding Bigfoot, you know, mm-hmm. and I kind of just and I had those experience, the first experience we talked about. So it kind of all just, you know, how some things just marinate and you get an idea and it just sticks yeah. with you. It comes up every once in a while. Finally, quarantine came along, and I was like, you know, when am I going to have the time and really nothing else to do to build this? So I, I taught myself uh, how to make an app. So I built a mobile app for Android and iOS, and it's surprise if I can do it. Let me tell you, anybody can do it. <laughs> it just says the guy that maps freaking uh, terrain for a living. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gee, I was going to say, who has, yeah, is, 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 well, is, trust uh, me, if you saw my maps, you're like, well, you can, you can look at them on Instagram. I generally just color inside the lines. So, <laughs> uh, um, but that's good for a map guy because you want yeah. to make sure that you color the blue in where the blue is going to be you, and not the other way around. How high up on the list that is as a requirement. <laughs> uh, so I uh, built the app. It really started with a website first, okay. right? So I built a website, which is www.bigfootmap.com. And uh, minimally, it really was just an interactive map with a uh, survey that you could submit your sighting uh, via the survey into the map, into the database. So it has standardized questions. You can submit photos on the survey. And you can um, you can just uh, write five thousand characters or so about your encounter, right? So, nice. um, yeah. So it, it was really like I was pleased with the the website. It got some traction, and then uh, I like I said, I built the app, and that's available on Android and iOS. Uh, everything in the app is available on the website for free. Um, when I built the app, I was debating on whether or not to include, uh, advertisements or not. And I went with a paid app for two reasons. One, there's some subscriptions and software costs and stuff that come along with maintaining a website and some of the interactive mapping features I've got. So it kind of keeps the lights on. It supplements. um, I'll tell you right now, it's not for the money for sure. Uh, sure. It's a passion project, but it helps keep the lights on and pay for those software things or buy some data sets, et cetera. Uh, and it also keeps trolls out of the the app pretty oh, that's well. Good. That's good. Because, like, generally, if somebody wants to really get on and mess with something, they're going to do it on a free app. I have really hadn't had the experience where people pay two bucks to go be a troll. Like, they just yeah. – I've discovered it's a good way to filter them out. 
So uh, the apps out there, you can use the app in the field. You can have your, you can uh, uh, jump into the map via, you know, your GPS location, see a blue dot in the screen where, wherever you are and click on the sightings and stuff. So um, that's the Bigfoot mapping project in a nutshell, the inspiration for it. And with that data, I I take uh, there's two two sets of data in the map. There's a historical data set, which is like data that's uh, from Manjani's database. is a guy that um, really put a lot of effort in, but stopped in 2016. I'm not quite sure why. Hmm. So I've kind of hopefully picked up the torch with that and honoring his work. And I I credit him on the website for the work he's done. I certainly want people to know where it's where the data has come from. It's historical sure. data, and there's a lot of work that went into it. So I wouldn't dream of you know, not crediting right. that. So right. those are like the yellow, blue, and orange, uh, and green sightings that you see in the map. That's the historical data set. Okay. Uh, and those come from all over the place. And then um, there's the crowdsource one, which are the red dots that you see in the map. So uh, there's two data sets, but they all roll up into the same database. And with all those sightings and attributes that are, are captured now, I take that and I really do some GIS analysis on it. I like, I'll throw it against the tree canopy cover and I'll pull out pixel values and do like a histogram of, you know, the values that are actually attached to each point. And I'll start to do some analysis and I'll do some density analysis. All right. Where's the hot spot in Florida? Where's the, the most sightings, the closest to each other, mm-hmm. or I'll look at wildlife corridors and see, okay, um, the Southeast, I have the wildlife corridors for the entire Southeast, which is, Sika Southeast Conservation Adaptation Strategies, the the group that did it, um, they made this data set, and I'm sure in their wildest dreams they never thought it would be used to uh, <laughs> to analyze Bigfoot sightings, right? And when never when, so wildlife corridor, I guess is that kind of like the migration routes, is that, or is it like how it a can movement? be? Okay. It can be. So there's uh, the way they classify it. Uh, and forgive me, I'm a GIS guy, I'm not a biologist, mm. but I think I have a good understanding of it. The way they classify it is there's there's hubs, which are mm. the big areas that can generally support and sustain wildlife, right? They have a yeah. high, we call that a high uh, conservation value, right? And then there's the areas between them, which might be like um, riparian corridors, which would be like uh, streams, for example, or you know, a string, uh, uh, woods that kind of connects like a vein between two mm. hubs, right? So mm. the hub would be where generally the high value, high conservation value is for the wildlife to be living and sustainable there. And then between those, you have areas that are, um, they just kind of link those hubs and those are okay. the corridors. Okay. And the way they map these corridors is through something called least cost analysis. So they, they actually assign uh, conservation value to areas in the map. And they run this least cost analysis, which links the areas with the highest conservation value to each other. So it kind of builds these, these corridors out right through that analysis. So that was one of the coolest maps. I think actually I can pull it up. I've Um, learned something new, man. I didn't even know that that just got bigger. Yeah. A new wrinkle. That's really cool, man. (laughs) That Um, that you had the, the, uh, that idea too to to kind of get all that information and use it's fantastic, man. So that's I'm glad you said that. There's a lot of I'm going to share my screen here. I know. Um, how do I pick which screen? Oh, there it is. There's my screen. Do you mind if I share a screen? Is that okay? No, no, no. It'd be great. 
Okay, cool. Um, so let me know if you guys can see it. Yep, can you I can. Okay, cool. So this is kind of the map I was talking about. Um, so the okay. orange areas are hubs, right? Okay. Uh, they're big areas like uh, like the Everglades, Ocala National Forest, Everglades, uh, those types of areas. Sure. And um, what you see is like this, for example, we can look at this area here. It's a big hub in yeah. southeast Florida. And there's other hubs that you can see. And now in the gray, you've got all these corridors that link these hubs. And what I did was I overlaid the database of Bigfoot sightings and I highlighted all the sightings that intersect either a corridor or a hub. Okay. And when you start to look at it that way, granted, there's other ones that fall outside of these corridors. I mean, you see wildlife obviously outside of yeah, these areas. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. But the fact that there's a high occurrence. That's interesting, man. Without people knowing, you know, nobody had this data yeah, ahead of, of time to report their sightings. So, no, like the likelihood that this is a troll out there clicking around on the map or submitting these sightings is extremely low. That but is, the correlation between the hubs and the corridors is high enough to really start to lend some real curiosity to it and start to lend some credibility to these sightings, even beyond what's yeah. already been reported, right? That is so cool, man. Wow. So, yeah, we can get real nerdy. Oh, Trust that's me. A, that's badass, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so you can start to look at stuff like that. And if, if you like, I can go through a few of the other yeah, man. maybe interesting yeah, apps. Yeah, yeah. yeah please. Uh, great. Cool. Cool. Um, so there's one. I'll just scroll around. Another one I, that's really – go ahead. I got to say, Florida, man, has a pretty dense uh, sighting, uh, looked like anyway. looked like mm -hmm. there's quite a few sightings down there. Which, which right, I, yeah. Right. There's actually, Florida has one of the biggest hotspots uh, in the, actually, I can pull up a map that'll show you better, but there are very dense sightings in Florida. That's um, wild. I would never yeah. thought that. You're a geographer. Look at you. Well, yeah. Yeah. Real quick. <laughs> there's, uh, I mean, you've got the skunk ape and you've got all the uh, those type yeah, right. stories. Now, how do you um what how do you classify something is it that's going to be in your, you know, at that's how what makes what qualifies a Bigfoot for you for the Bigfoot sightings? That's a Are very you, good question. I didn't touch on this and I'm glad you asked. Um I got so excited to give my little spiel. Um I forgot to bring this up. So one of the the approach I'm taking is from like a big, I, w I would call it a big data approach, but you really have to have a ton of data for really big data. But mm -hmm. it's more of a data science approach where I do read the submissions. And if there's something that's just obviously not, you know, somebody's just trolling or they're, mm -hmm. or it's in the wrong, clearly in the wrong location, there's stuff I call out just on basically just a basic QA, QC type uh, read through. I read every sighting that comes in. And um, what the approach I'm taking is there's very, as long as it's, it, it seems credible and they've filled out all the, all the fields, it does make it into the database. And that's probably a down, that could be considered a, a negative thing about the project. However, my thought is, and it's proven in other data science studies, where when you get enough data and you start to analyze trends and patterns, those those reports that are less reliable or less truthful, less accurate, or just they're outliers in some mm -hmm. form or fashion, right. 
they'll really just fall out of the data set. So yeah. that's my that's my approach. Um, so I don't I'm not as uh, I'm not as strict. I would say as perhaps like a BFRO investigator or somebody like that. But I'm going to let the data set and the patterns that come through out of the data set identify those outliers rather than maybe somebody just can't tell, you know, doesn't want to share their story or they Mm -hmm. don't know how to write a good, like whatever it may be. My human judgment is kept out of this as much as possible. You know, I would imagine that the majority of people who have had an experience, I would say that the number of people that probably reported it is maybe at the most like 30% of all the people that would, I would imagine, you know, I mean, and that's being generous, I think, because people don't want to, they don't want to, well, they don't want to report things, you know, they may tell stories, but they don't necessarily want to report them. They don't want to go looking for, a way to record this. They're not, you know, so, I mean, the yeah. fact that, you know, the participation that you do get, I mean, cause like, just think about, you know, like there are podcasts and TV shows that we all lo- listen to or watch, but we don't directly respond to them. You know, we don't right. write them a fan note or whatever, right. or even, right. or, you know, but uh, if you are listening to this podcast and you do enjoy it, uh, send us a message at wywspod at gmail.com. We love hearing from you, uh, whatever messages you got. And uh, sorry, I just plug it there because, you know, <laughs> it was opportune time. <laughs> Go for it. It's your podcast, man. <laughs> Um, where was I? I, uh, but yeah, I hope that answers your question yeah, yeah. about no, the, the, you know, the approach that we're, uh, I'm taking through the Bigfoot mapping project. It's a little different. It's a little, uh, compared to other research organizations, it's a bit non-traditional, but it is a valid way to study data, right? So yeah. there's, yeah. you know, there's, there's definitely a lot that can be gleaned and, uh, for example, the wildlife corridors, right? Um, things like that, even just tying data to a map, uh, and making it easily accessible is, is, I don't want to say it's not revolutionary, right? But it is relatively new in this field. I would say in in the fashion that I'm doing it, I I hope. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, one of the things I got up on the screen here is that, uh, can you see, still see the screen? Um, yeah. Uh, we talked about it earlier was this tree canopy cover, right? So this kind of speaks for itself. I mean, this is yeah. just the United States and a lot of the maps, uh, a lot of people are like, Oh, Bigfoot, you know, can recognize a Canadian border, you know, interesting. Uh, <laughs> you know, the United States has yeah. a lot of the best publicly available data. So it's tough not to, uh, you know, cut it off at the U S because you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of good data for Canada, but the mm. USGS, and there's just so many repositories and sources that I'm familiar with that I can just find better data in the U.S. That's just yeah, my background. So, sure, sure. Um, so, yeah, it's just funny. People really are critical of the 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 fact that sometimes the maps are cut off, <laughs> which, you know, I don't blame them. It's a, he's, it's, he's an American. He's an American. Right? Yeah, you know, yeah. America. <laughs> that's funny. So, wow. Yeah. that's But, man, that is like that Northwest there just just... Yeah, you, you know, can, inundated with. Well, the darker the green you see on the map, the right. the more tree canopy cover, right. the denser it's going to be. So that kind of tells you just how much wilderness there really is in the United mm-hmm. States. Yeah, sure. And you can just see the correlation 
of the overlay, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Lining up uh, Doug Highcheck actually, when I was on his podcast, um, pulled out one of the first things we looked at this map and he was like, look at that bridge. You can see it just matching yeah. when it, the green there. And he's like, what are the odds? You know, so maps, I really like it when people see things like that, that, you know, I didn't catch cause that's what these are for. It's like yeah. starting to uh, give people a different viewpoint and a different lens and, and they can bring out these observations that, yeah. you know, can inform their research or their sure. opinions, things like that. So that's why I put it out there. A lot of times I just ask questions like, like this, for example, does Bigfoot hide amongst the thickest forests? What do you guys think? You know, yeah. I'm not going to tell you, uh, I'm not an authority on this. I, I just know how to make a map and observe things and share it. Right. That's sure. the, really the whole goal is to be a resource mm-hmm. rather than like preach to people about, you know, what, what I, what my opinion is and, just to hear the sound of my own voice. That's not what I'm, I'm here for. So even though I'm on a podcast, I, <laughs> <laughs> how many total, uh, report reportings have you had? Like, do you know off, the, off the top of your head, like roughly how many people have, uh, uh used the map? roughly, yeah. Uh, roughly I would say just over 8,000 wow. in the entire database. So mm. that's including historical, um, in the time that I've uh, had the crowdsourcing portion up, there's probably, and this is short time, this is like a year and a half, uh, 200 sightings or so. Okay. So wow. that's so, actually, when you do the numbers, it's yeah. not that bad in a no, short time. No, no, no. So, no, and the more people find out about it and they know that it's there, the more that's going to get used. Right, and uh, you know? I've been lucky enough to uh, start to, um, I was really hesitant to get on podcasts. And like put my face out there because I wanted the maps to speak for themselves. Sure. Um, and so I'm just starting to get out there and speak to people. And I mean, that's how I'm, I met you guys. That's right? great, like, man. So it's uh, it's really picking up some traction. And I'm, I'm really grateful for the opportunity to speak to folks that are genuinely interested, yeah, like man. like you. Yeah. Um, who want to hear the stories and learn more. It's it's really nice. It's uh, I've got to say everyone I've encountered and talked to and become friends with has been so nice. They're just nice. Like everyone's, yeah, yeah. I've never come across somebody that's like super negatively critical. People mm-hmm. ask questions, of course, sure. but it's really, uh, it's fun. It's that's what, fun. that's our whole philosophy has been. We're not trying to judge anybody. You know, if you've got some weird things in your life that you've encountered, you know, encountered in some way and you want to tell the story, yeah, we're up, we're up for a good story. You know what yeah. I mean? Like we're not going to go freaking dig through somebody's background to see how you know. I mean, I think it's pretty clear. <laughs> it, you when you listen to a podcast, and we've been very lucky. We've been doing this for four years and almost four years, and yep. we've had. I mean, I can count them on a couple of fingers, maybe, where we've had some people on that maybe we didn't put on. Uh, just because of whatever reason, but yeah, like, yeah. I mean, seriously, man, people, people are very kind. And that, like I was going to say too, about the Bigfoot festival, what we found was that as we're walking through and talking to people, people just want to tell their story to yes. somebody. Yeah. That's hopefully like you were, I think we touched on it earlier. Adam touched on it where uh, people might not want to share their story with somebody for fear of being 
associated, you know, with their name to it. Yep. And that's one of the things I, I should point out about the survey that's on the Bigfoot. I do capture email and there's like a disclaimer that says like, you're not submitting anything that you shouldn't be. Right. And if right. you do, I'm going to deal with it accordingly. Right. However, like that just stays with me. That That's it. It's just basically if I need to follow up for, I have a question about your sighting or the map just defaults to like the center of Africa because that's the center of the the map. And if you sure. forget to set the location, I'll reach out and say, Hey, where was this? Can you send me a screenshot? I'll adjust the point. So it's in the correct place sure. and stuff like that. But for the most part, if you have a story and you are concerned about your identity being associated to it, this is relatively, you know, anonymous. You can get your story out there and contribute without worrying about me putting you in an article or a TV show for, unless you, right. I mean, you know, anything like that. Sure. So no, it's great. It's, it's relatively safe. I, I was going to say that. Yeah. That, and that probably adds to the, you know, if I, if I'm a guy and, I, and I'm wanting to do that, it's going to lift that sort of like responsibility of like, Oh my God, do I, do I really want to let people know what are my neighbors going to think? Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. You know, I, that, yeah, yeah. I haven't speaking of what are my neighbors going to think. Uh, I have magnets that I put on the side of my truck, and they say the Bigfoot match, mapping mapping project, and it's like join the search, go to our website, and they're fairly large, right? And I'll leave right. them on my truck. They're like three feet long by a foot tall or something like that. And uh, my neighbors just I got new neighbors, and they moved in, and I had the signs on the truck, and I hadn't met them yet. You know, and I'm like bringing over some venison, smoked venison sausage. I'm like, hey, welcome to the neighborhood. Here you go. And they're like, so you like uh, Bigfoot? <laughs> and I was like, I do. Yeah. Uh, they're like, okay. nice to meet you. And I was like, oh, that's a great first that's impression. Funny. You know, yeah. like, that's funny. You know, I'm like, this guy's telling his wife, like, met the new neighbor. He loves Bigfoot. So it's that's just funny. <laughs> yeah, but you know, the, the funny thing is about, and that is funny. And I think that honestly, why would we want to do this other than just to have fun with something, right? I mean, that's yeah. why we do this shit. So, but like, at the same time, that guy is going to be like, hey, dude, like, seriously, I think I saw Bigfoot once. Or like, yeah, or I believe. saw a UFO, or I saw some weird yeah, shit yeah, one he's time. he's going to... Yeah, he's going to be, I don't believe in it, but. Yeah, and then he'll have some, re yeah, like people. So I work at an organization, like a company that um, with a lot of geophysicists and geologists and people that are way smarter than me, right? And I have, uh, I made some tumblers with the logo on it and like stickers and stuff. And I, I'm proud of the webs. I'm proud. Like there's no reason yeah. not to be in. It no, looks no. great. Uh, and uh, so I share it with them. I, I brought in, I gave them tumblers, like not Yetis, but like, yeah, whatever. I bought Although if they were Yetis, that would be absolutely <laughs> quite appropriate. Let me tell you, I'm not there's selling a, enough apps to be. Yeah, there's that. a sponsorship. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but it would be, it would be very appropriate. If Yeti hears this, you know, I'll there you yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah. uh <laughs> So I bring in like uh, the tumblers and stickers and stuff, and I have bumper stickers. I give them, and they all have like the bumper stickers are up in their cube. And like my That's boss, cool. my supervisor at the time, he's like, you know, because I, I do GIS professionally and data management stuff, and uh, like this is at first there, I could tell they're like, 
and then I showed them the website and the app and yeah. stuff, and they're like, "This is tech. This is technology. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like, this is really actually like you're leveraging real technology yep. that's like, you know, per, like across so many different industries for search and rescue, law enforcement, yeah, yeah. military, etc. Yeah, it's like, dude, th- dude, this is cool. So I have like. There's one guy who loves to troll me in the office. He's like, find Bigfoot yet? Like, he's like, got his coffee and he's like, hey, did you find Bigfoot yet this weekend? You know, like, water cooler talk. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's like, you know, I read some of your, um, I have a paper that uh, I got wrote uh, for Jeff Meldrum, Dr. Jeff Meldrum, on uh, his relic hominoid inquiry. And I, was it's published so i sent him a link i was like you know if you're skeptical read this and he, he read it and he was like oh you're using like data science principles and real tech and i, I he was like i read some of your posts he's like you know you're starting to change my mind i was like you're <laughs> trolling me it's like no i think and here's what he said to me he goes i don't know if you'll find bigfoot but i think people are gonna find all kinds of stuff using your app and he's like i think you're gonna find all kinds of things so sure slowly but surely i think one of my missions one of my goals i should say is to bring more credibility Mm -hmm. to this field and start to show people like there's an approach and we, we can study and understand and learn so many more things just by looking for bigfoot and if we're lucky enough to find a bigfoot even better yeah absolutely so what's your opinion then on that proposed, because I'm sure you heard about it, in the uh, proposed bill in Oklahoma that did not, I guess it did not get passed, but yeah. uh, the, the, oh, the Bigfoot hunting, hunting season, not, for some reason that sounds like it's coming weird out of my mouth. Oh, we got to take that sound bite also out. Uh, the Bigfoot hunting season bill, what's your opinion on, on that? Well, um, as a hunter, I think I, I can definitely share my opinion. I personally um, don't like to harvest anything for no reason. And I think that there are ways other than killing a specimen to study uh, that creature. For example, you can trank something. We trank mm-hmm. bears, gorillas all the time, mountain lions. And... It's just you don't know what it is. It's such a mystical creature. I don't think I could bring myself to kill something like that. You don't know its DNA. How close is it to human? Yeah. Even if it's legal in that state, I according to the bill, I couldn't personally reconcile that action with my ethics as a hunter. I yeah. think unless you're going to eat or you're managing predators or you're conserving your cattle or protecting your property, et cetera. There's no other reason to kill something, mm-hmm. uh, especially when you don't know what it is. Uh, I yeah. think that's, that's yeah. taken it a step too far. And, um, I think it is kind of irresponsible, uh, to encourage that. Yeah. And not to mention safety. If you got a bunch of hunters out there that are walking on two feet, somebody's going to mm-hmm. get mistaken for a big foot. Yeah. Anybody, no anybody kidding. that's over six foot, Basically, anybody over yeah. six foot uh, yeah. in a dark, you know, coat or whatever out there is in trouble, is danger. So yeah, people get yeah. shot during deer season every year, and oh yeah, they're wearing bright orange most of the time. So right, right. you know, if you encourage that, I think you're asking for a little bit of trouble, just safety wise. I, I yeah. think that yeah, um, but yeah, that's uh, 
on a serious note, that's my opinion on uh, <laughs> on the legality of killing Bigfoot in Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. I don't necessarily agree with it. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I, don't, I believe that the bill did not even, you know, go through it to be voted on or anything. I don't remember. It I do remember that, though. It, yeah. it didn't get passed, but. Yeah, it was just a, uh, it was a publicity sort of a stunt. For, yeah, basically. You know, that's basically. What, yeah. It survived a few news cycles, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, It yeah, really yeah. did. Yeah. It was, and we, I, we, we had an inside, uh, you know, our, we had a man on the inside who uh, had a little bit more of a knowledge because our, our good friend and uh, special correspondent and resident Bigfoot expert is actually, uh, he writes the laws for the state of Oklahoma like he's the lawyer who puts them into legal terms wow whenever they go to get uh voted on by the by that the, is so. that's really cool yeah and he got interested he he got interested in, he, growing up um like I was always I was let my freak flag fly I was always into you know the weird stuff and and everything and uh, you know, he was much not really. He was a hunter like yourself. Mm-hmm. He got his, he uh, he his first degree was in biology, um, and he was working at the uh, he was working as a basically a, like a secretary or something at a receptionist at the Oklahoma State uh, uh, Senate or whatever it is. I came down there anyway. The House of Representatives. He's working there answering phones and so he had a lot of free time to uh between phone calls and stuff so he would get on the internet and you know and browse around and of course all the good sites were blocked so um he uh he went and he started just you know whatever he'd go on go on little rabbit holes and he got into bigfoot and i think he honestly i think he was looking up probably looking up videos for uh the bigfoot the truck um yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, he was looking. He got into looking into Bigfoot, and then like uh, I, I was just talking to him one day. Or we were having a phone call that you know we hadn't spoken in a while because I'm you know I was out on the East Coast at that point. It's mm-hmm. like man, it's like I want to tell you like uh, I really I'm really starting to think there's a there really is a Bigfoot and he starts, you know, and he starts yeah. going through and he's, and he believes that, you know, he's looking and he's looking at it from the uh, eyes of a biologist, you know, he's looking right. at it from somebody with that kind of a background. And he, so now he's really into it and he's our, you know, so same, same, yeah, exactly. Right. Like, right. I'm looking apply, at it. Through, yeah. Through the eyes of a geographer slash yep. data scientist type yep. person. And when you start to, go down those routes through scientific exploration and academic exploration, you're, you're like, and research, you're like, okay, the more, the more I start to examine this and think about it, the more I realize this is, this is really possible. Mm -hmm. This is really, you know, there's a phenomenon going on. There's 8,000 sightings plus in my database alone. And like you said, that's probably way less than actually have been, you know, observed. Yeah. That's just what's made it into a report somewhere. And when, even when you just examine that minuscule amount of reports, you start, you can start to pull out patterns when you put it Mm -hmm. against elevation data, 
corridor data, canopy data, cave data. Yeah, yeah. These patterns start, and you know, another one is like bear population data, and uh, it's just the more data you can tie the data points and the, and the information you can enrich the data set with, you'll eventually we're going to be able to come out with some really really solid patterns and yeah. trends and information yeah. that we can apply like you know for example when you're looking at a species of anything any animal you're like okay generally they behave like this this is their what's accepted as their behavior where they live their habitat what they eat eventually we can start to build that you know that description of their range their their habitat their mating habits you know seasons times etc diet um uh, the different species or varieties that live in different areas, That's their different characteristics. Yeah, we can start to compile that data like a biological catalog mm-hmm. with using the same techniques and build all this information up about this creature, and then use that to really get out there and and maybe find them. We there's so yeah. much out there that we can. With, with all the data that's available, it's insane. The, the, the amount that we can tie to a creature that's never been, supposedly never been captured or cataloged and documented, we can start to learn a lot and really shape our investigation based on that data and, and really start to backstop it with really solid data. That's, that's so. amazing. That's, we have, we have listeners from all over the world. So you know, don't be surprised if you get contacted by people, but it would be interesting. Like at some point, I'd love to see this thing grow to the point to where you yeah. get a Canadian yeah, yeah. map, you get a South American map, an Australian map, a European map. Me I mean, too. That, I think, yeah, that I think would be, that's a huge goal. I'm, I'm uh, in contact with somebody that um, has a wonderful Canadian database. We're going back and forth and, um, my main concern is that they have a project and I don't want to take away from what other sure. people are doing. Like, yeah, I really, um, I want to be, um, collaborative. I don't yeah. want to, sure. sometimes it's tough. If you put a lot of work into something and somebody comes to you, it's like, Hey, love your, love your data. Can I put it in my map? They're like, uh, oh, well, you know, do I get credit? Like, are you going to, right. So I want to make sure that that comes through like, sure. um, that it's, it's, it's it's tough to be able to because yeah. a lot of people you know have a lot of pride in what they do and they should it's hard work so sure sure um, yeah so there's Canadian I, there's some Himalayan data that was just emailed recently to me uh, there's Australia yeah. I have some reports in Australia wow um, if you guys like uh, I know we've been talking a lot about theory I think one of the cool things that I'd like to share if you're up for it is yeah. uh, the newest web app that I built it's a 3D uh, map. Okay. And globe where yeah. you can do a lot of cool stuff. Um, I'll run through some of the features and sweet. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, cool. Let me share my screen again. Uh, start sharing. So I googled Marshall before. I wanted to see where Marshall was to see if I've been there. <laughs> um, so this is Bigfoot World, I call it, and I'm sharing my screen. And uh, even though I'm on like 5G, it's still going to be pretty slow. I think I'm on 5G. Let me see. I'm going to be mad at myself if I didn't go on. Yeah, okay, good. Um, so I'm going to refresh and let it load. So we're looking at the globe. And uh, even when I published this, I mentioned 
you're going to get the best user experience if you're looking at this on a high speed internet. Yeah. Don't look at this on your phone. You're going to be disappointed. Gotcha. Um, it's even going to be slow since I'm sharing my screen, talking to you and trying mm-hmm. to load it. So just keep that in mind. But um, I'll let it draw. I'll be patient. I had a college professor, Dr. Miller, and he'd be like, hands off the mouse. Just wait. Let me see your hands. Stop clicking. I'm too impatient. Uh, God, I'm a New Yorker. You know I'm impatient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So what we have here is a three-dimensional globe. It's ArcScene is what powers this. And um, you can actually rotate the globe. You can zoom in and out. I'll go from the top left. You can zoom in and out, uh, pan rotate to start to see elevation uh you have a a home default extent which would be this that we're looking at on the right hand side you have another toolbar which is some of the nice tools you can use which is a measure tool you can search for an area so like let's say i want to search for we were talking about kingfisher let's go to kingfisher see what's around there so i can search for kingfisher Mm -hmm. And I'm going to search, and we're going to dive down to Kingfisher. Oh, wow, man. So it's going to draw. It's going to take a minute. But here we are, Kingfisher. And it looks like you have some weather over Kingfisher. I have live weather yep. radar in there. We sure do. At the moment. So I'm going to go turn off that uh, weather in my layer list. Uh, recent weather radar. I'll turn that off. There we go. And I've got stream gauges in there. I've got current wildfire boundaries. Uh, and wow. Bigfoot sightings obviously are, are in there. So I'm going to zoom back out and see. Wow. I can see my old house from there. <laughs> <laughs> I want to find some of the, there's a sighting. Okay. So. Oh, wow. We're going to zoom in. That's Dude, close sorry. to Dover, man. Yep. Yes. There's Dover. Wow. So we're going to look at this sighting. It's a BFRO report and we can click to go to the website for the BFRO. Of course, my some and I'll, actually, I'm glad that happened. Some of these older websites uh, that where I link to the URL, mm-hmm. sometimes they don't maintain them, so the mm-hmm. hyperlink is dead because the website doesn't exist anymore. So gotcha. um, sometimes it happens, um, and that's unfortunate because you don't always get the story. Um, but let me go. I kind of know. Cluster. I kind of know where that is. Yeah, like, dude, I'm I'm looking at it. Yeah, okay, trying it's to out by out. the river, kind of. Yeah. So we can, you know, what I'm gonna do. So cool, man. I'm gonna go to a couple near Stillwater, and what we're gonna do, I'll go ahead and zoom in, and then I'll start to rotate, and I'll show you guys. I'm gonna go out west to the Sierra Nevada in a second to show you the elevation ah, features. Cool. But um, what we can do here is you got to click, and you can rotate down. Oh, that's cool. To start so to see. Again, I, I should say that what we're, you know, to the people at home, um, we're looking at a uh, basically a satellite kind of view of the uh, photograph of, uh, you know, o- this area in Oklahoma and where the or, and one of where it's been spotted, where it's been reported, one of the reports. Um, yeah. yeah. Sorry if I wasn't clear. I, I've got. I'm. I gotta get used to narrating what I'm doing. I. Uh, mm-hmm. Are you good? No worries. So we will close the layer list now. One of the features I, I should mention is, like I said before, we got weather radar, um, live stream gauges, so you can see what the flow rate is for our streams in the entire country, 
And you can also see current wildfire boundaries uh, at the mm. full extent of the map. Excuse me. So what we're going to jump down to next is just the legend. You can It'll tell you what's in the map here. It'll change based on what's in the map. And I'm going to jump out to an interesting place where for, I just like the name of it, Strawberry, California. Ooh, nice. It's in the Stanislaus National Forest. And we can go zoom on over there, take a flight. Wow. And we can jump down to Strawberry. It'll take a second to load. Here we are. Oh, it's night there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, it just hadn't loaded yet. Okay. Yeah, not yet. We're not that advanced. <laughs> <laughs> so the cool thing is, though, uh, you can start to really start to see elevation and explore oh, that's cool. the area, what that's it really cool. looks like. Yeah. Right, and the, rotate and pan around. That is awesome. You could do so you that just, with the Oklahoma one as well. It's just everything's flat. Yeah, that's why I went to somewhere <laughs> with a little more elevation, just so you could be a little more yeah. dramatic. That's cool, man. But uh, one of the, the newest features and tools, there's two that I, I'm really excited about. Uh, besides the 3D view, you can uh, create an elevation profile here. So you click, let's say we want to know the elevation profile between these two points. I need to click new profile before I do that. So once you have the crosshairs, you can click. I want to say, all right, let me draw a profile between these three points. Let's just say something traversed that track, or I just want to understand the train. Yeah, right. Well, let's check this out. Wow. I can rotate around. Oh, wow. And pan a little, and I can that, start to understand uh, the elevation profile. And when I hover, It'll tell me the elevation all the way along oh, the line. Oh, wow. wow. That's really so, cool, man. So you can really start to understand, and it, just as yeah, anyone, really, anyone can come to this address, at. use this site, and start to learn a lot about the area. You can also um, close this. And we have one more nice feature, I think, which is uh, an inset, an overview map. You can You can expand this. And we'll zoom in here, and you can start to explore an area like this, and real and pay attention to where you are, but still pan through this area through here. That. Oh wow! Well, I'm going to do it this way. You can your cursor will move an update based on where you are in the map. That's so you can cool. Explore through the area and see where you are here. Right? Wow! Wow! You put a lot of work into this, man. I just think about what I, what would I want if I wasn't a yeah. GIS person, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. But what I don't even I, know. I don't even know what I want, but I want this. This is, this is <laughs> great. <laughs> go to, just go to the website. Actually, I'll pull that up. I'll show you how to get there. So okay. uh, this is so. If you go to the website, um, you can check out our. Uh, I'll put the podcast and some news and our members up there. You can join to become a member of the site. There's the signs I was talking about on my truck there, <laughs> right here. Oh, oh nice. Uh, nice. Yeah. So you can see um, some of our updates, a map, and then we jump down to the bottom and you can submit a sighting. Um, I think I have that open. And then this is the map we were just in, the 3D okay. map. Sweet. And then you can also view a, a 2D map, which is uh, over here somewhere. Bigfoot World, Bigfoot. That's the survey to submit your sighting. You answer all the questions and 
they're standardized. So the more standard the data set, the easier it is to analyze, right? Sure. Uh, so it's just clean, clean sure, data. Sure. Now, um, um, where do I um, click to submit my Bigfoot erotic fiction? Uh, oh, I can point you to a few other websites. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you. I, I think the uh, I know a few people that might read that, but uh, uh, I don't know. That's probably a whole nother podcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's try to keep it ap- academic, family friendly here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. OK, so yeah, that's the uh, yeah. That, that's a whole other project. Here. Okay. Oh, man, I didn't think we would fall that far in this podcast. Oh, yeah. well, it look, happens anytime, quick, man. Yeah, yeah. Anytime I can bring up uh, Bigfoot erotica, you know, you're going to laugh. Uh, but I yeah. have had like people try to submit that kind of stuff. Oh, and that gets that's... deleted real quick. Forward um, that to us because then we're going to get somebody to read it on the air. So. Any interesting stuff yeah. like that, I will. Uh, what should I? We could have a whole segment on that. Actually, uh, if you, and I don't know, I'm just, this is a, uh, we can we can take this out if you want, but if you want to have a link to where people can come and like share their stories and be, you know, being on the podcast, uh, we could, you know, maybe set something up. Oh, like yeah, that. absolutely. Yeah. I can certainly put a put a little referral type link or something somewhere. I think it's a great idea because I don't offer that through the project, right? There's some people that are they want to share their sighting, but they also want to tell their story, right? And they might not. Yeah, be. yeah, yeah. So this is that's a great outlet. That's a great That'd idea. Be great, yeah. Um, and then we also have some YouTube stuff. You know, I'll, nice. I'll teach people how to use the map or nice. like kind of what we just did. I'll record a screen share. And yeah, cool. I'll show I'll show about the map and because not everyone's a GIS person, right? That's so people, cool, man. No, I, f- I feel like I freaking learned something, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this was like totally different than what I was picturing it in my mind. Really? Like, really? Yeah just, yeah, just because it's so well thought out. Like I, I didn't, not that I didn't give you credit, but I was just like, <laughs> I don't know what to expect. And so to yeah. see that yeah. in that kind of detail is really intense, man. It's really cool. Cool. Well, that's a nice compliment. I, um... I do try to take it seriously. I approach it as if, uh, you know, I, I would want to use these maps and data as a professional biologist or conservation mm-hmm. or ecologist. And I want it to have that quality about it. And I really put a lot of effort into uh, the way I present them, the data, the way I analyze things. I might not post things for like three weeks, right? Because right. I haven't found a good data set for the idea I have, or I just don't feel like it's good enough. I don't feel like the quality is there. And I'm not, not after I am grateful for the people that follow and support the project. I think that's amazing. And I'd be crazy not to be grateful, but I also want to bring good information to those folks because they're there for a reason. Right. And I don't, I'm not, even though one of my primary outlets and publicate like way to talk to the public and everyone is Instagram, uh, it just lends itself to maps, right? It's yes. just good yeah, yeah. for putting good images out there and getting them, you know, being able to share them. So no, yeah, for sure. I think the thing that did for me was really just like go, oh, this is what you can do. This yeah. is the, this is the kind of information that's possible. Yeah. And it really makes you think about other things, you know, about other, like you were talking about before, about other avenues that, 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 that kind of a thing could, 
especially when we're talking about weird stuff, you know, like UFO oh, yeah. sightings and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, all I, kinds. You of remind st- me of one. I'm going to share a, a real, if I'm too like jumpy or whatever all over no, the place. No, perfect. You just reminded me of a really good map uh, or a map I like, I should say. Um, talk about UFOs. I made a map. This might be interesting to you. I think I made one of uh, magnetic anomalies oh, wow. in the United States, right? This is USGS data, and th- these are the magnetic anomaly grab mag data, really, um, which is another geophysical exploration data set. They use this to find rare metals, oil and gas, uh, okay. different stuff, and magnetic signatures don't always match surface formations right it's it's just very it can be very different so it doesn't look exactly like you'd expect and the scale the bottom of the scale is a negative uh blue negative 200 all the way to positive 200 right so dark dark blue is a strong magnetic negative reading a value and then Mm -hmm. you know that purple bright violet color would be a positive reading so Anywhere at uh, like a white area would be kind of neutral, right? It doesn't have much of a magnetic um, signature. Yep. So this this map, when you look at the sightings, you might be able to pull some patterns up there. So I guess my point with this That's is, cool. you know, you can really start yeah. to understand on so many levels, ah, man, a data any data set for that matter. Uh, I just happen to be focusing on what I'm passionate about. Sure, that's sure. Big no, book, that's but great. It's great. Yeah. To your point, you can really start to apply GIS to almost everything. Almost everything. Yeah. That's cool, man. That's a world that, uh, that's a world that I have no, I, you know, no inclination to, you know, it's, it's just a new, I know that's, that, yeah, some people, awesome. yeah, no, it's great. Cause it's like, I had no clue. That that kind of shit. I mean, I know that that kind of shit happens, but it's just not something you're. You'd be surprised how often you use GIS. You probably use it every day. I'm sure I do. <laughs> probably I'm in sure. so many different ways you don't even realize it. You know? Sure, sure. That's awesome, and it could only come from a guy like you that understands how to put all that together, and you know, and and you know, link all that together. It's just great. It's fantastic. That's. Uh, I mean, that's one of the other things. Like people. I hope. I hope. Like when I went to college, I didn't know what GIS was. I wanted to be a forest ranger. I took outdoor education. I was te- teaching ropes courses, you know? Mm, yeah. And um, I loved the outdoors. And I took GIS as an elective. And it was like, you know, I just had this immediate uh, inspiration to be. That's, awesome. uh, that's what I wanted to do. And I think, like, you were hitting on that. I think that um, on that topic, I think that if somebody that doesn't know what GIS is or isn't really familiar with it, can see all the things you can do with it. And it inspires you to kind of explore that or mm-hmm. expand into that re- do and learn more about it. Even that's another great benefit of the project. It's like, wow. Okay. Somebody yeah. just decided like maybe a kid in high school doesn't know what it is. Happens across the, my project. And they're like, gee, I, I never knew what GIS was. Now I want to do it. Yeah. Awesome. You know, yeah, how cool is sure. that? Right. I mean the the world, and I mean this in the in the literal sense, the world, the planet that we live on is so. It's fascinating, man. There's just so, and obviously the 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 greater world, the universe that we live in, is also incredibly fascinating. But it's like what we have underneath our feet is just 
it's 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 so interesting and those types of things that the more that you learn about how things work and how we're able to map things and uh it really does help sort of tie in uh the science with you know with the storytelling or with the philosophy or with these things that you don't necessarily not everyone is 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 uh, capable of of putting together until you have an episode like this. I could say this: we've never had an episode like this, man. Yeah, that's true. Cool. I and hope you mean it in a good way. No, yeah, in yeah, a no, great way. Absolutely. In a great way, man. It just it's, makes me wish that I knew that I knew more things and that I could yeah. uh, have the ability to learn more. So you could think about how historically how th- the things underneath the surface of the earth affected the things that lived right. on the surface, you know, yeah. just throughout time, how these things, you know, cause like some of the, the magnetic areas and just, you know, they're just everything, all of the things that we don't, we don't think you might think about some, but we don't certainly don't think about most people. I would hazard to say the only thing they seem to think of, you might think about underground is, well, that's where oil comes from. Um, that's where you know you 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 get buried, and that's where dead things go. Um, <laughs> right. There's so much tunnels. going on. Yeah, yeah, right. and yeah. I mean, I mean, to your point, I think that um, the moment I learn something new every day, I'm always dumbfounded by the 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 things that are so simple to someone else mm-hmm. that is just inherent to their their the way they just go about life, and like. Um, They'll they'll share it with me, and I'm like, how how did I not ever think of that? Like, right. yeah. how yeah, did yeah. I go 35 yeah. years without that occurring to me? Yeah, thank you for sharing. Now you've but, just changed my entire life. You know, like so. Yeah. The moment you yeah. stop learning, I guess my point is, the moment you stop learning is when you're yeah. really doing yourself a disservice. So, Absolutely. yeah. I mean, if I were you, I mean, you were saying you wish, but I mean, you are right. You yeah, you sure. are. There's no reason to regret anything. And Nobody knows everything, and if they take if they say they do, you should really not listen to them. So, <laughs> no, that I mean that's and, and what you said there just reminds me of the reasons why you need you need friends and a lot of different friends because and yeah, with very you know yeah. these conversations that we have with people uh, really help sort of like get you into somebody else's viewpoint and and you start seeing things from their perspective and it's 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 always always fascinating and we 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 cover everything from philosophical stuff to you know uh, what we can wrap our heads around when it comes to the universe and how things operate to ghosts to bigfoot to whatever it, it could be it could be anything. And the conversation, this is, this is a great example. The conversation just naturally goes to the space where it needs to go to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, and we're just thankful to have you on and, and you to be oh, a part of this. And we appreciate it, man. I think you touched on something really interesting. It reminded me of a book. Uh, it's a really good book. If, if, um, if you want to pick it up, it's called Tribe by Sebastian Younger. Yes. Younger, yes. younger. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, I've heard of this. Keep going. It is so really what you're talking about, like these conversations, having friends from all different aspects. 
that's our whole evolution, right? As exactly. and this really does touch on like Bigfoot too, right? Are they social? How do they learn? So a human evolution can be a nice analog, a parallel to mm-hmm. you know perhaps this intelligent creature and a great book that describes human um, evolution and tribal tendencies and how we really are still yes. an animal in a tribe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really can apply to our conversation and studying Bigfoot. It's amazing how, how many uh, different things really can still connect uh, at a base level and apply at, at a simple principle, right. To so many different topics. So absolutely, I agree with you and that. You just reminded me of that book. It's That's, a phenomenal book. Yes. Uh, I would really recommend it. I think even if you don't care about Bigfoot and you just want to learn more about yourself and human evolution mm-hmm. and the why we are the way we are, um, I think it's the subtitle is like something about homecoming and belonging, um, okay. something like that. If you check it out, uh, it's such a such a great book. So awesome, yeah, awesome, but, man. That's if great. I can sound real nerdy, I'm here. I am recommending weird perfect. books. Perfect, they're, <laughs> they're really great. Perfect, it's a good man. Book. That's perfect. I mean, I think that's a perfect place to end it. I think that, I agree. Yeah. I, I think that's kind of brought everything together, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. From Bigfoot to human evolution and why yeah. we all belong. Fan- <laughs> Who would have thought? Who would have thought? That's amazing. And, I, yeah, course, amazing. and of course, El Charo. So. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> the most important thing. Absolutely. Yeah. We definitely want to have you back, man. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. please. Uh, yeah, even if we just you know get to hang out and even if it's not a podcast just chat yeah i think it was great i really enjoyed meeting you guys for sure man hey that's a nice t-shirt you got on there oh thanks dude it's brand new do you like that it's one of the official what's your weird story t-shirts where'd you get that it's funny that you ask i just got it off the brand new spreadshirt.com site for the what's your weird story podcast there's no www you just go straight to shop.spreadshirt.com backslash what without the apostrophe w-h-a-t-s hyphen y-e-o dash w-e-i-r-d dash s-t-o-r-y and that'll take you right there i mean you can never own enough clothing well that's true barry there's t-shirts for the ladies because you know they're cut differently there's hoodies which are really cool there's two different kinds of hoodies and there's also tote bags so you can tote your stuff that's so cool man so if you guys go out to spreadshirt.com what's your weird story currently there are two designs but there will be more going up very soon so just keep your eyes out for that and if you decide to get one of our shirts tag yourself on instagram to ours or facebook show your love show us what you got let's see your true colors i feel smarter um after that that was uh really an awesome discussion with scott and i feel like i, I learned so much and um really you know picking up from where we were last week and you know going a little bit more in depth as to actually what he is doing and getting to see that i I encourage anybody out there to, to, as we're going through this stuff, get your phone out and and mm-hmm. and look look this stuff up so you can look at these maps and um, see what he's doing. It's really really interesting. Yeah, it's uh, if you want to support him and support the app, 
two bucks. I think he said that's that's nothing. nothing. I'm definitely we're both definitely getting on that definitely and uh, just to support our new buddy and um, all the in the website again is it's so much information yeah and it's scientific and it's um, more than just Bigfoot was seen here. It was it's all sorts of unbelievable like you know with the uh the, the just the the patterns of the migrations and the the uh, all that stuff yeah. that you know again beyond me yeah um but those migration just, patterns and those yeah. corridors are really yes. interesting i just really never knew anything about that you know yeah yep. i mean yep. i assumed i guess that those things like, existed but to see it on a map is really freaking cool man yeah dude yeah it's really like it's really something else to see it illustrated like that and it, it really takes it out on another level and yeah just shows you how everything really is interconnected in a yeah. way, you know, uh, and that as humans, we often, all too often tend to forget or ignore, um, That's you true. know, as we make ourselves, you know, take ourselves further and further and further away from nature. But, um, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. but yeah, go check that out. Um, the Bigfoot match mapping project, follow Scott on, uh, Instagram and all the places and, uh, support his, his project. <sighs> that was awesome, dude. Um, yeah, yeah. A lot was. of great information. Yep. And, um, can you believe it, Barry? Next week is our, uh, 200th episode. Unbelievable. That is, yeah. that is crazy. Yep. That's crazy. It's wild. So what we're going to do, uh, since, you know, we're going to have our, our four-year anniversary is also coming up in a couple of months. But what we're going to do for our 200th episode, since it's right here kind of basically at the halfway point of the year, uh, we are going to just talk about and discuss some uh, new weird news stories. You know, usually at the end of the year we do the news roundup, but we figured we'll go ahead and do a half and half. We'll yeah. First part and then last part, or maybe you know we'll, we'll be able to return to some of these stories at the end of the year if we've got more information. But yeah, it's going to be really cool. We, of course, we you know we got cryptids, we got um, crime, we got UFOs. Uh, we got all the things that you like on your, uh, ear pizza. Um, <laughs> that is That's the, great. what's your weird story podcast. It's fantastic. Pizza's, <laughs> pizza's awesome. Oh yeah. You can't go wrong with pizza. I mean, you can, for real. You can, but you even, really gotta, you really yeah. gotta try. You really, really, really gotta <laughs> Even try. bad pizza can be a decent experience, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, all right. Everybody, thanks again. Thank you, Scott. Uh, we will definitely talk to you again in the future. And uh, we will see you next week for our big 200 episode of the What's Your Weird Story podcast. And in the meantime, send us a, uh, you know, a message uh, with congratulations or something maybe wishing us a happy birthday coming up and we can read those you can uh, email those at wywspod at gmail.com that is w-y-w-s-p-o-d 
at gmail.com. Uh, or you can call the hotline, leave us a little message over there. That's 513-909-9821. You can contact us through Facebook or through Instagram or Twitter. Um, you know, if you also want to share your story, we would love to hear it. You can get a hold of us there and we can set something up. Um, because, man, got some cool stuff. Oh, we got some crazy stuff coming up. More and more. And uh, it's been a great year. And we want to, you know, continue forward with that through the summer. So we want to hear your stories. So let's do that. And in the meantime, um, you know. Be safe. Be weird. As always, if you have a weird story, we want to hear it. If you have a lot of them, we want to hear them all. We can't do this podcast without your invaluable contributions. Whether it's sharing your stories, listening, rating, and spreading the word about the podcast. Thanks for listening. Till next time, be safe. Be weird. The stories presented on the What's Your Weird Story podcast are, to our knowledge, true experiences that our guests have had. We can't take the time to research all claims made, and besides, it's just not as fun.